Hello again, and welcome to this 26th episode of the Old Code Podcast. I am your host, The Professor. Today is going to be a little bit of a different sort of episode. Um, oh, what am I kidding? Every one of my episodes is a little bit different than the last. So, today I want to talk about three different concepts that I am currently working on and trying to implement them in my life, and I've got different quotations from ancient philosophers and just different thinkers uh, from both the East and the West, uh, Christian and pagan, Uh, and these are really things that I'm just trying to implement better. I'm trying to learn how to... I'm, I'm trying to learn how to not only fit them into my life, but also fit my cognition around Um, So, before I get into the three distinct concepts, I want to give you my philosophy on how to uh, fight back against depression and anxiety and all those sorts of things. And the reason why I use quotes for myself, uh, particularly to meditate on. So, the biggest thing that I've noticed when it comes to depression and anxiety and things like that is it's your self telling yourself something. Um, A lot of people just chalk it up to intrusive thoughts, or it's not actually you saying that, it's a different part of your brain or a different part of your mind. But the fact of the matter is, is that that's still you. It's just a different part of you. Um, And for me, one of the biggest things that has helped a lot in my depression, because I used to struggle with really, really severe depression, was changing that inner monologue into a dialogue. Um, I dealt with a lot of really, really harsh self-criticism, and when I shifted away from just accepting the monologue as facts and changed it into a dialogue where it was my brain would offer a proposition and then very much in that vein of philosophy systematically questioning that proposition, checking the veracity of that proposition through dialogue with you know, that part of myself it helped me to sort certain things out Uh, uh, similar with anxiety a lot of people just unquestioningly accept those propositions like What if nobody likes me? And then they go, oh, nobody likes me. Or what if some terrible thing happens? And then they just fall into the fear that that particular terrible thing is going to happen. Instead of questioning that very assumption. What if something happens? What if something doesn't happen? It's equally as likely that something does not happen as it does happen. Unless all signs point to it happening, then the only thing you can do is try to prepare for that thing. So, all that to say, I... A big thing, a big point that I try to emphasize when I am interacting with people and if I'm counseling somebody is change an inner monologue into an inner dialogue. uh, And just sit and try to question those things that you just accept as facts. And one of the ways that I do that is by trying to meditate on scripture, primarily. Um, 
secondarily through quotes from theologians over the course of church history, and then thirdly uh, from quotes and meditations from pagan philosophers. And that's my, that's my order of priority, is what does scripture say about it, what has the church said about it, and then what do those the wisdom that has been afforded to the pagans say about it. And so these are three concepts that I, if I can distill, if I can dis- distill um, a basic outline of just how to get your affairs in order, you start off with govern yourself first. Um, don't try to be somebody else's boss. Just govern yourself first and govern yourself well. And I'm going to have quotes that I'd like to expound upon with each of these, but I want to give you what these concepts are first. Um, second is don't puff yourself up or make yourself seem bigger than you actually are or uh, worse yet, uh, pervert things into making you seem larger than you actually are. And I'll, I'll get into that and then uh, know where you are going. So have, have an end goal. So, for first of all, uh, govern yourself first. Uh, the first quote that I would like to read for you comes from St. Anne's Humble of Canterbury. And this is a letter that uh, he wrote to Alexander, the King of the Scots. He says, For kings reign well when they live according to God's will and serve him in fear when they reign over themselves and do not become servants of their own vices. But, the, but master the impetuous impe- impetuity sorry impetuous nature uh, of these by courageous constancy for there is no inconstancy between inconsistency between constancy in virtue and royal courage in a king so big thing to remember with tease out with this quote is There is no inconsistency between constancy and virtue and royal courage in a king. Constancy and virtue means that you are, I've heard it put it this way, doing the next right thing. Um, And royal courage in a king, first of all, we go back, I believe I, I defined courage a while back, as the willingness to do the good even at the expense, at one's personal expense, whether that's danger or loss you look into the face of that danger and go I'm still going to do good and that is what constancy and virtue looks like and that's one of the first aspects of ruling yourself well is not becoming a servant to those vices I apologize for not being able to to pronounce that word impetus impetuous impetuity see I, I like to pronounce things well, but this word is just giving me grief. Um, I apologize for that. Uh, so, first of all, that demands that we know God and we know his will. Um, against the theist, I will say that we can know God's will because we have God's written word. <clears throat> so that we also must serve him. And when... It says, when they reign over themselves and do not become the servants of their own vices. So there's this kind of paradoxical nature when it comes to self-governance. Either you govern yourself or you govern yourself because your vices are still you. 
It's it's not anything outside of you that vice comes from. It's the it's the sin in your own heart that can come to govern you. And so either you govern yourself in virtue or you will tyrannically govern yourself in vice. So that's the first quote for self-governance. The second one comes from the East, from Mencius, of all people. What is the difference in form between refusal to act and inability to act? If you say to someone, I am unable to do it, when the task is one of striding over the North Sea with Mount Tai under your arm, then this is a genuine case of inability to act. But if you say, I am unable to do it when when it is one of massaging an elder's joints for him, then this is a case of refusal to act, not inability. Hence your failure to become a, a true king is not the same in kind as striding over the North Sea with Mount Tai under your arm, but the same as massaging an elder's joints for him. Now, Mencius had this premise where if you did not act in accordance with the name of the thing, then you are no longer morally that thing. So if you are not acting in accordance with a true king who extends love to his and and regard to his subjects, then you are no longer morally that true king. Now there's a whole lot of implications in Christ in Christianity we don't necessarily affirm that idea, but there is a premise like if you are a pastor and you fail to live accordingly to the virtues that govern being a pastor then you are ruled as ineligible to be an elder so the premise when it comes to governance of self when you are looking at okay how can i get things in order um all right, I'd like to be able to lose weight or I'd like to be able to get better at a particular subject. When we talk about how we live our lives a little bit better, a lot of the things that we end up coming to is saying, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. I can't go to the gym or I can't read five books a day or I can't do X, Y, or Z. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. How many of our decisions that we're making are refusal versus actual inability? So let's say, like right now, I'll be candid, I have not been able to go to the gym in probably a couple weeks. I usually like to work out, I usually encourage working out, but I currently have a teething 10-month-old who does not sleep through the night. So I have not been able to sleep well enough in order to actually have enough energy to go to the gym. However... What I can do is I can afford five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, sometimes half an hour to go for a walk and get a good and get some good exercise in that way. So if I'm trying to get in a little bit better shape, what I can't do is necessarily is sleep enough to be able to get to the gym by five in the morning. What I can do is get some good walking in. However, if I say I can't work out or I can't exercise, that's me refusing to exercise. It's not a complete can't or inability to do so. So recognize, and and this also extends to things morally, like, oh, I can't forgive someone. I can't let go of that. I can't, um, I can't share this or I can't, I, I, there's so many things that we Put forward emotionally or morally that we say that we cannot do 
but ultimately we are actually refusing to do them. Um, so, <clears throat> quote number three, but the one who seems to rule over men but who is enslaved to anger and the love of power and pleasures first will appear quite ridiculous to his subjects, since he wears a crown of gems and gold but is not crowned with moderation, since his whole body shines with a purple robe but he has a disarrayed soul. Second, he will not even know how to administer his command. For, per for if a person is unable to rule himself, how can he guide others rightly by the laws? But if you wish also to, to see each one conducting himself in warfare, you will find the one fighting demons and prevailing and conquering and crowned by Christ. This is from St. John of Chrysostom on the comparison of a monk and a king. So this kind of circles back to that first quote of if you aren't governing yourself well people are going to see it and people are not going to respect you for it people are are think are going to think you quite silly actually and i think that looking at our contemporary government most contemporary governments we can see exactly that especially when public scandals always come to light we look at that person and go Oh my goodness, how can we how can we trust that person when they're so morally debauched? But John of Chrysostom is going one step further and he's saying how can they lead in warfare if they can't even fight their own demons? How can they organize a government when their own soul is disarrayed? Um, so this is one of those things that I've tried to tuck away in my heart, especially because I'm planning on going into some form of leadership in the future, and especially because already I am in a form of leadership in my family. My wife sees all of my screw-ups. She is there to witness all of my mistakes, and I can either try to live in accordance as one who is able to rule and able to lead, or I can just continue to live however I want to live and just be a mockery of a leader. Because really, if I just say that I'm a thing, but fail to actually live up to the thing, then I'm just mocking the position. I'm not actually living up to the position. All right, point number two. Um, don't puff yourself up. And this will be a little bit, a uh, little bit, Shorter of a point, but... So I have two quotes on this one. So the reason why I include this is because we have a, a culture that's very fake it till you make it. Very make yourself look successful until you are actually successful. Um, well, point of... Like, I, I try to not give any manner of, of illusion to that when it comes to this podcast. I'm not... Um, I'm not somebody. I'm not anybody right now. Um, and I don't want to portray that I am anybody right now. I'm just somebody who's read a lot and studied a fair amount, and I like to think, and that's all I've got going for me, really. So, and I try to share what I've learned with you guys. So, don't puff yourself up. Uh, so, this comes from Hagakure, which was written by Yamamoto Tsunetomo, there we go. Sorry, I don't speak Japanese. But uh, it says, People think they can clear up profound matters if they consider them deeply, but they exercise perverse thoughts and come to no good because they do their reflecting with only self-interest at the center. So, first of all, 
that's one of the things that I try to keep in mind when it comes to this podcast is I want to I don't want to put on airs I don't want to be I don't want to make myself seem greater than I actually am and I don't want these contemplations to just be received as one who is um, just trying to puff himself up I really don't want that and that's what I'm currently working on and you know what I'll admit that I kind of fail at that a lot because sometimes, yeah, I'll go, wow, that was actually something really smart and I really liked the way I said that. But that's taking the contemplation which should be at the center of it and making me the center of the contemplation, uh, making my glory the end goal of the contemplation. Um, so that's, that's very much the internally oriented. Meanwhile, the externally oriented... Um, comes from Hugh of St. Victor where he's, uh, I'm kind of quoting in media res uh, basically talking about how not to address students so unrelated theories or ideas that confuse students more than edify them should not, uh, teachers should not say everything that we are able to say lest we say less profitably the things that we ought to say not the thing and not the teaching of others this is not the teaching of others but rather this is showing off um yeah so again i think that this is definitely something that i have to be working on but it's the idea of you can be so fixated on the propagation of information and showing that you know the subject so well that you lose sight of the fact that you're teaching somebody and if you are leading or teaching, you have an onus to the student. You bear a responsibility to that student to make sure that they're actually learning the subject as opposed to you just being the one who is uh, made much of. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so don't puff yourself up. Don't make yourself seem larger than you actually are. And honestly, this happens a lot, especially in today's day and age, where people are using their accomplishments or their purchases to make other people know that they are all that in a bag of chips um, yeah don't don't do that it it, uh, it perverts your achievements and accomplishments when you use your achievements and your accomplishments to puff and puff yourself up if you are going to get anywhere in life actually anywhere in life your achievements and accomplishments should contribute to something greater than yourself and not just your own self-image. And then concept number three, know, uh, know where you are going. Um, so I think I've already quoted this one on the podcast in the past, but this comes from Seneca, Letters to a Young Stoic um, or a Young Philosopher. I'm trying to remember the title. A, he says, It is clear, Lucilius, that no man can live a happy life or even a supportable life without the study of wisdom. You know also that a happy life is reached when our wisdom is brought to completion, but that life is at least endurable even when our wisdom is only begun. So first thing when it comes to knowing where you're going is developing wisdom. And I've talked about wisdom, and wisdom is knowing the goodness of a situation as opposed to purely the truth of the situation. So 
goodness always demands an understanding of an end to it because goodness demands understanding the purpose of the thing and the purpose of the thing always leads to the end of the thing so um yeah so first of all when it comes to knowing where you're going developing wisdom and developing a strong understanding of seeking out the truth and the goodness of the thing so when it comes to small matters or the micro image know how to pursue the wisdom in that uh the next quote unquote that i have comes from seneca again uh and he said and this is again letters from stoic the reason we make mistakes is because we all consider the parts of life but never as a whole the archer must know what he is seeking to hit then he must aim and control the weapon by his skill. Our plans miscarry because they have no aim. When a man does not know what harbor he is making for, no wind is the right wind. That line of when a man does not know what harbor he is making for, no wind is the right wind has stuck with me for a very long time. Uh, so it's again that idea, uh, like people think, okay, I have a plan now I can achieve my goal. Um, I can, I can, I can win at life because I have this plan. But the idea of being successful—that's not like if I say I want to become successful or I want to become financially independent. That's not a goal. That that's that's saying that it's an abstract goal, certainly, but it's not a goal in and of itself. The goal would be able to say, okay, I want to be able to have whatever income stream. If I'm, if my abstract goal is saying I want to be financially independent, you have to be able to say, okay, my actual goal is I want to have this particular income stream or something along those lines. I want to be able to be making X amount of money per year, whatever that may be. And so I'm, I'm trying to bring this into the concrete financial world but also this applies to your physical health you know when people say i want to get fit that usually just means they want to have a six-pack but that's again a nebulous goal instead of being able to say i want to be able to do this what if you make your goal into i want to be able to run a marathon I want to be able to bench press 225. I want to be able to bench press, or I want to be able to, uh, I want to, I want to be able to just go for a jog and enjoy my time without getting winded. These are, these are a bit more concrete goals, but also this carries over into the abstract of, I want to be a good husband or a good father. And then we don't ever define what a good husband or a good father is. It's just, I want to be a good husband or a good father. The fact is, is that you need to define your goal. You need to understand what you're aiming for. So a good, let's go with the good husband. A good husband is going to be strong, but he's going to be gentle. He needs to be loving. He needs to hear and listen to his wife. He doesn't. He's not subservient, and he's not going to obey her, but he needs to hear her, because he needs to regard her as his own body. Uh, all of that... Anyway, th that's a bit beside the point, but know the actual goal that you're striving for, uh, because until you know the actual goal, 
making plans is just gonna be a nightmare because you're gonna be making plans to try to cover an abstract goal and an abstract goal by necessity has more things undefined than defined and when you're trying to create a goal for something that is undefined it's impossible um so the the third third quote that i have for you is wipe out the imagination stop the pulling of the strings confine thyself to the present understand well what happens either to thee or to another divide and divide and distribute every object into the causal and the formal or and the material think of thy last hour let the wrong which is done by a man stay there where the wrong is done and this comes from marcus aurelius's meditations and this kind of i want to i want to wrap up this episode with this quote with the understanding of first of all know your goals govern yourself well don't puff yourself up but also when it comes to the to the future when it comes to your fears when it comes to your anxieties um just recognize that that's your imagination recognize that that's a part of you but if it's a part of you you have the opportunity to control it there is not a single part of you that is not necessarily under some manner of your control you can't necessarily cure yourself of a toothache you can't fix a sin problem but when it comes to imagination you can learn how to control your imagination you can if it's anyway when it comes to the things done wrong in the past um leave them there as hard as it may be leave the the wrongs done in the past learn how to learn how to recognize that in carrying around bitterness you are carrying around a hot coal and i'm trying to remember i think it was cs lewis or some everybody attributes every quote to cs lewis so i'll just say cs lewis said it but bitterness in one's heart is like carrying around a hot coal and hoping that it burns somebody else so um yeah when it comes to knowing your goal don't let your fears cloud your judgment um when it comes to governing yourself well don't let your anxieties uh, don't let don't let your anxieties dictate who you think you can be uh, when it comes to knowing where you're going um, limit yourself to the present say all right I've got this goal how can I make it happen today it's the James Clear's atomic habits idea of one percent every day one percent better every day uh, so that's all I got for you today I want to I think that this is a bit more of a continuation for the rites of passages episode um, as I'm talking about it right now I hope that this episode finds you well. I hope that these three concepts and these eight quotes serve you well. Um, Yeah, it's always a joy talking to you guys. And I hope that these episodes help uh, clarify things. Uh, These are are more so just reflections and meditations on what I consider to be the old code. And that's the wisdom that we find in old philosophers and old writings and in old Christians. Yeah, so that's all I got for you today. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Uh, Let somebody else know 
or just, you know, like it somewhere, YouTube or leave a, a review, whatever that may be. Any support that you have uh, is always appreciated. Any comments you have, always appreciated. And you are very much appreciated. Uh, this whole thing would just be me talking to an empty room in my office, if not for you guys. So I do appreciate your support and thank you for tuning in to some random dude talking about old books and old concepts. But yeah, uh, currently working on a little bit bigger of a project, but it's it's also on the back burner because my life is crazy right now. But I'm trying to put together a video on functional society actually look like combining all of the ideas that we talked about from the follow-up episodes to the uh, the three gods, the three pagan uh, idolatries episode. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. Also, I'm trying to figure out how to do this whole YouTube thing because one of my videos got super popular and one of them kind of flopped again. Anyway, that's all I got for you today. Um, really appreciate you guys. This has been The Professor, and this is The Old Code Podcast. I'll catch you next time.